Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and Chavruta Yerdena Osband, our daf of the day, Masachet Babakama, daf Pei Hey, page 85. So the Gemara is, of course, going through with these five different elements of compensatory payments, right, for after damage has been caused. And we're not going to be able to delve into each one, but we're going to delve into some of them. I'm going to talk today about Ripui. And your Dana, I know you're going to talk about loss of uh, loss of livelihood, um, and the Gemara, of course, also before Ripui talks about Tsar and so on. Right, it goes through each one. Ripui. So this technically is going to be we would call it medical medical costs, I suppose. Hikal chayav repoto, meaning he has to pay to heal him. He's liable for the payment. What does that mean? alu bo so there's a bright in the, it's really a tosefta, where the sages taught as following. If there was some kind of damage on the skin or in the injured area, that's because of the injury, welts or something like that, right? Or there's a wound and the wound then reopens, right? Then the person who causes that injury is liable to heal him and keep doing so if it keeps, you know, being a problem um, in the process of healing, it doesn't fully heal, right? And he, likewise, he also has to cover, so he has to cover the medical costs. It says also he's co- he has to cover the loss of the livelihood while he's recovering from these wounds. Shalom achmatamaka, but if there's some kind of, as I say, welts or some kind of growth, some kind of damage uh, to the person that is not because of the injury, then the person who caused this injury doesn't is not liable to heal him. He doesn't have to cover those medical costs, and he's not liable to give him the value of the livelihood that he's lost in the time of healing. Meaning, if there's a, it basically means if there's a coincidence, right? Like if there's if the doctors can say this is because of the injury. And this is not because of the injury. That's the difference of whether the person who did the injury is going to have to pay or liable to pay. Reb Yudah says that even if the if this kind of growth or whatever appears because of the inner injury, and then he's liable to cover him for the cost of the injury for the medical healing, But Reb Yudah says under those circumstances, even so, he doesn't have to pay for the loss of livelihood. And the greater majority of the sages said. No, no, it's one or the it's it's both. Meaning, either you're obligated to pay both ripui and shevet, these two factors, namely medical costs and also the loss of livelihood, or you're not. But not one or and well, not yes to the one and no to the other. But my case, the Gemara wants to understand what's the difference, what's the machloket, what's the dispute between Rabbi Huda and the rabbis. I'm a rabbi, Excuse me. Ashkach tinhu rabbanan bivnei rav diyat vevaka amre hachabamaka nitna la egid kamiflage. So Rabba says that he found these, that's the word that I stumbled on, right? It's this complicated construction of the verb to say that I found them, the sages, in the hall, the Beit Midrash of Rav. And they were sitting and they were explaining what did they say. So that's this is exactly what Rabbi Huda and the Rabbanan disagreed about whether you could wrap a wound in a bandage, 
Makani nanle eged to be wound, a wound to be wound. No, if it can be wrapped in a bandage, meaning, and then if you could bandage the wounds, they're going to diminish the pain and you're going to, you know, you're going to diminish whatever other impact there's going to be. And if that's the case, then there are potential implications for this dispute. Rabbanan savre maka nitnala eged. The sages, the larger group of sages say, Yes, the wound could be wrapped in a in a bandage. And Rabbi Huda said, No, no, it cannot be wrapped in a bandage. And so the question is, you know, if you have let's say lasting lasting injury, lasting side effects because of this injury that would have additional medical expenses, and could that medical those medical expenses have been curtailed by virtue of having somehow wrapped the wound in the bandage to begin with? But Rabbi Huda says you can't. Right, so then, what does that mean for the payment of the repoy of the medic of the medical bills? Repoy de tanabe kra machayev shevet zlotanabe kra lo machayev. So the Gemara goes on to say, you know, it comes back to the verse, and the verse it said repoy um, that you should you should be thoroughly healed, right? Very very healed. Namely, that the person who causes that injury has to pay the compensation for all of the medical bills. And but also for the loss of livelihood, since it doesn't have that double language, it doesn't have that repeating, then there's no um, obligation to pay the compensation afterwards for for shevet. That's how he can say yes for the one, no for the other, as opposed to the rabbis who say no, they come together. Vamina ana, and Rabbis goes on to say that I said to them, meaning Rabbis says that he said to these people who are disputing or discussing Rabbi Huda's discussion, dispute with the rabbis, right? It's layers upon layers of discussion. Is if the wound can't be wrapped in a bandage, then the person who would have who caused that injury should not be liable to pay the compensation for the medical cost, meaning. He can't. He's he can't do anything um, to to protect him here, right? So then, then maybe it's not his fault either. No, really, the Gemara concludes everybody agrees that the wound could be wrapped in a bandage, but but not in an excessive bandage. And again, I'm struck by the fact that like the the Gemara is whittling down the potential dispute amongst the disputants to be a much, much narrower case. And then the Gemara goes on to explain exactly what is that narrower case. Because you can't have an, ex an excessive bandage. And that is when you would actually have a requirement to pay the medical costs because because of that double language of having to pay for healing. Shevet delotanabekra, but where there's no double language in the verse for shevet for the um, loss of livelihood, lo So then you're not obligated to pay in that same case. But rabbanan savre kivan detanabekra beripui a shevet nami mechayev deit kishleripui. And the rabbis say, no, it, you're right. The language is not doubled on the language of shevet, and maybe you would think you wouldn't have to pay, but really because. Shevet is connected to ripui, meaning there's a hekish, there's a, there's a, uh, um, I don't have a good word for this. So we've talked about a hekish in the past. There's a link, I guess, between ripui and shevet. And so once you have ripui, then you also have shevet, even though the formulation in the Torah is a bit different. Um, and the Gemara goes on to, to continue to, to kind of pick apart Rabbi Yehuda and, and Rabbanan's 
the dispute between them to figure out, you know, exactly where we go from here. And at the end of the day, I mean, we say, you have to pay. I, you know, I think it's interesting that these two particular categories are linked with each other. I, I, I'm reading this stuff and I kind of wish that I was a lawyer because I'd want to understand like how this compares to other, you know, damage systems, like uh, other judicial systems. Like, are they normally linked? Are they not normally linked? Is this something that's unique to halakha? I, I have no sense. <laughs> I don't know. I, like I said the other day, I, I you know, I, I, I feel like there's ample room here for jokes about personal injury lawyers, like the those late night ads on TV where you see them sometimes on the subway in New York. And and I don't know, because this is this is real. Right. There is such a thing of needing to pay the medical bills of somebody whom you have harmed. So it's not all ambulance chasers. Right. There's, there's a legitimate concern here, I believe, built into every legal system. But I'm guessing I'm also not a lawyer. Right. I'm not a lawyer. And I think also, you know, we don't have I mean, we also have insurance. Our system is just wholly and totally, completely different. Um, but you're right. I just don't have a sense of, you know, how any of these things sort of, you know, all play into it. I'm going to move on then, and I'm going to uh, discuss here um, uh, sort of the next thing here, which is uh, the issue of employment. And um you know, this is the fourth category that gets discussed here. And the Mishnah basically said, that when you have loss of employment, we need to view the, the, the victim, the person who was injured, as though he were a watchman of cucumbers. And so the Gemara here says, Tanu Ravanan, they quote a Brisa, right? Loss of employment, right? We view him as if he's a watchman of cucumbers. And if you say that the attribute of justice is thereby taken away, is stricken. In other words, the idea here is, okay, but maybe he got paid much more than a watchman of cucumbers. So they're going to try to understand, uh, you know, uh, so they're going to explore this price a little more. For when this person recovers from his illness, right? He won't necessarily take the low wages of a watchman of cucumbers. Maybe he'll want to draw water from wells of a pail and take a higher wage. Or maybe he'll go to a messenger and take a higher wage. In other words, the point is, is that, you know, he may, even if he has a, a damage uh, or an injury that maybe makes him change what he's able to do, maybe he still could do something that's still higher paying. So the Gemara goes back to the price, which says, right? When it says the attribute of justice is not stricken, the person was already given, the person who did the damages already gave him the value of his hand or the value of his foot, okay? And so the idea here is, is that even when he recovers, maybe he won't be able to work at some of these more lucrative jobs. He will be able to do this low earning job, okay? But He's already getting a lot of money from the other categories, so we don't necessarily need to pay him as if he would be a high, um, a high earner. Now, Rava's going to come with a statement. I'm a Rava. Katajiado, right? If the person cut off his hand, notainlo demeado, he has to get the value of his hand. And in terms of the loss of employment, we view him as if he was guarding cucumbers. Let's say he broke his foot. 
Notain lo deme raglo. We give him the value of his foot. We view him as though he were guarding, um, he were gar- guarding the entrance, right? Because now he can no longer be a cucumber watchman because there you have to walk around the garden and he can't walk anymore. Sima, they know. Let's say he blinded his eye. Notain lo deme. No, he gets the money of his eye. Vishevet, right? And for loss of employment, we view him as somebody who could grind millstone. In other words, this is something that he could do even if he was blind. Let's say he made him deaf. He gets his total value. In other words, somebody who's deaf, it's like he can't work at all. So then the Gemara says, Bye, Rabba. Rabba wanted to know. Right? Let's say his hand was cut off. And the judges didn't assess him. She bare baglo below amduhu, or he broke his leg and they didn't assess him. Sima de no below amduhu, right? Or let's say again, some of these injuries healed, and he gets blinded, and they still didn't assess him. Ulubasov and Ultimately, what happened? The assailant actually ends up making him deaf. Mahu. What's the law? Mi amrinan kevan de lo amduhu. Do we say that because he was never assessed at all? We assess him once, right, at the end when all of these injuries have happened. And the person who did the damages gives him the value of everything together. Right? Or perhaps we give one by one. We have to assess each thing as it was damaged. So he explains this question, Rabbi. Here's the halachic difference. Right? Would the assailant need to give him the pain and humiliation payment for each injury? Granted, we don't award the victim payment for damage, healing, and loss of employment for each injury. Once the assailant gives him the payment for his entire value, remember, Chayrich is just going to be his whole value. Right. We're not going to kind of go back and say, like, well, what would have been if he only lost his hand, if he lost his hand as his leg, if he lost his hand, leg and was also blinded. At this point, he's just he's he's deaf. So it's he's worth his whole value. He can't work anymore. Commander Cutley to me. He's like somebody who was killed. The cut. Well, the assailant is like somebody killed the victim. And he gets his whole value. But the pain and humiliation one that should be given out for each and every Injury. So he's making a distinction here, Rava, that some of these have to be assessed by each injury. Some of these can be assessed sort of as the person totality as they stand now with the assessment. Then he goes on to say, right? And if you want to conclude and say, that since the judges didn't assess the victim after each injury, right? The assailant should give him his entire value. What's the law if they did assess him after each injury, but the assailant never gave payment? Do we say that since they assessed him after each injury, then he has to give rest, he has to do those damages based on each assessment? But since he hasn't paid yet, he can just pay everything all together at once. In other words, do we go back and say, okay, you have to pay for everything that you were assessed that you didn't actually pay? Or do we say, hey, you didn't pay, um, you know, but now there's more injuries, so you'll just pay, you know, sort of what you owe. And the Gemara basically concludes here, it says teku. It says we don't really have a good answer. Now, I find the teku fascinating 
because I don't know, it doesn't seem, I, I mean, maybe it is an outlandish case. It's interesting to me. They can't find an actual case. And so obviously Rava's not giving a real, real life case, right? I don't think there's really a case where like, you know, kept injuring a person like this. Rather, I think what Rob is trying to say is, is like, you know, is, are each of these damages, right? Are they some, are they, are they cumulative or are they each of these categories? Are they cumulative categories or are they, <coughs> excuse me, are they each judged individual by individual? And what he's ultimately saying is, yes, some of them are cumulative. Some of them go by case by case. <coughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's such an interesting new, I don't know, wrinkle factor into these cases, because up until now, we've been talking about uh, what I would hope even would be an accident, right? And that's the goal then to pay damages and all the other concomitant payments. When you're talking about here, you know, where it keeps happening, there keeps being a need for the, for the same kind of thing, then I feel like now we're talking about I don't know, literally payment upon payment, layer upon layer. And I want to say, what's really going on here? You want to say it didn't happen. Okay. But what if it did? What if there was intent? Is that going to change things? Is it still compensatory? Does it become criminal? Like, I don't have answers here. Yeah. I think we're, we're really just at the beginning of it and we're, we're going to have to see how this plays out. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hydrum website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP in our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. 